You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. I've been looking forward to this podcast all week long. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Marcel Louis Jacques, the Buffalo Bills beat reporter for ESPN. You guys know him. He's phenomenal. And he's been a champion of the idea that the Bills should target Clemson running back Travis Etienne in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. Anyone who has listened to this podcast knows that that's an idea that I struggle with. However, I think there's an interesting conversation to have about the idea. I normally don't really advocate for running backs in the first round, but there is some context that matters when considering this idea for the Buffalo Bills, considering where they are in their life cycle as a football team. You look at this roster, it's a very complete roster. No overwhelming, glaring holes. But you can ask anybody, what's the weakest position on the team? It's running back. It is running back. And the Bills have an opportunity this year to change that. They can get a dynamic running back should Travis Etienne be on the board in the first round. When you think about where the Bills can find an immediate impact player, there's no position that translates quicker to the NFL than running back. And the Bills' offense is elite. In so many ways, it puts stress on defenses. Josh Allen can challenge every blade of grass on the field. The only thing that's missing from the Bills' offense to put maximum stress on a defense is a dynamic running back with speed and pass-catching ability, and that is exactly what Travis Etienne could bring to the table. And we're talking about pick 30. This isn't pick 15 or 10 or 20. This is pick 30. This is right up against the second round. So I'm open. I'm open to this more than I ever thought I would be. I'm not sure that I'm ready to pound the table and join the movement. But I will say that as somebody who is normally against running backs in the first round, and I'm still against paying running backs. So if the Bills draft Travis Etienne and he winds up being amazing, enjoy him for five years because after that I am going to be pounding the table to let him walk. So that's another discussion for another day. But you're signing up for five years of Travis Etienne and what he could mean to the offense, what he could mean to Josh Allen. It is something that really gets me uh, interested, makes me perk up a little bit. Again, I'm not all the way there yet, but I'm getting there, and I found the right guy in Marcel Louis Jacques to have this conversation because he is there. He has been a champion for this cause, and we are going to talk to him in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about my friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. 
and they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets and is free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I'm joined now by Marcel Louis Jacques, the ESPN Buffalo Bills reporter. And uh, Marcel, I got to tell you, I loved following your work when you covered the Carolina Panthers. I live in Charlotte and uh, you were always my go-to for Panther stuff. And when it was announced that you were no longer on the Panthers beat, I was quite disappointed. However, you came back on the Buffalo beat and you've been a a wonderful addition to the outstanding uh, pool of beat reporters that cover the Buffalo Bills. So thanks for giving us some of your time today. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you actually following me in Carolina because I was uh, I was actually just having this conversation yesterday. I, I don't even feel like I was really good in Carolina. Uh, it's such a whirlwind, you know, joining a beat in the middle of the season and going from college to the NFL that, like, I spent so much time just, like, hoping I'm doing the job right than, uh, than actually doing it. So I, I, I'm really, uh, really honored that, that you would keep up with me like that. Well, you know, you and Jordan, it was like a a fresh set of eyes on the team. You know, I've been reading Panthers coverage for years and years and years, and it's like, oh, we have some dynamic new people that are covering this team. And it it gained my curiosity and interest, and I really enjoyed the work. So uh, we're we're glad that we got the best version of Marcel, though, on the (laughs) Bills beat. So you are here to talk about this this idea that you've been a champion of, and that is the idea that the Bills – should take a running back in the first round. And I don't know if I'm there. And so I want to ask you some of the questions that have been weighing on my mind um, when I consider that idea. So I think the first thing we should distinguish is when you consider the Bills' lack of success rushing the football in 2020, how do you spread around that blame between the scheme, the blocking, and the actual running back talent they had on the roster? Yeah, you know, people have people tend to – to take one side or the other. They either say, you know, it's the running back's fault or if it, or the offensive line's fault. I don't think anybody should be absolved from, from blame here. I think it's a healthy dose of both. I think, first of all, the and, and in no particular order, but we're going to start with the running backs. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are both good, decent backs in the NFL. I, I think they both belong in the league. They both deserve to have a role in the league. Neither of them are dynamic enough. Neither of them have the burst, have the, the, the speed, maybe the short area quickness, but, but not the, the top end speed to bounce to the edge if their holes are not there. They don't have, I don't think that, that, that star, that home run ability to succeed unless things are going right on the offensive line. Right? I, if things break down, and it takes a special kind of back to do that, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that either of them have that kind of ceiling. So, so there's that to begin with. And then the offensive line, fourth worst run block rate in the NFL per ESPN. I'm going to go ahead and plug our win rates that. But um, that can't be overlooked. At the same time, it can be explained. Because when you look at the top five linemen on this, uh, on, on this unit, you, you go Dawkins, you go Ford, Morse, Feliciano, Williams. That fivesome played zero snaps together. In 2020, not even in training camp, did they spend a single snap together? So there's so much shuffling, especially during that early part of the season when you're having to play Brian Winters and 
we know what the team thinks of Brian Winters since he's in Arizona now, I believe. When you're having to play Brian Winters and integrate him into the starting lineup, you're moving Cody Ford from right tackle to right guard to left guard through the first few weeks of the season. Dare Williams is still learning how to play with this team. Ike Bucker is having to be elevated into a starting role. There's so much chaos going on on that line that it, it's no wonder that they, they weren't opening holes. And I think ultimately that's how the team sees it because if they thought a change needed to be made on the offensive line and they thought that was the problem, we would have seen a change through free agency, but they're running it back. They brought back Darrell Williams. They brought back Feliciano. Cody Ford's expected to make a full recovery. They tendered Ike Bucker. I think they like the pieces. You know, Brandon Bean obviously got on, got on the call last week and, and said he's happy with every single position and it seems like, oh, we don't need to make any moves. We're, I'm content at corner, running back, yada, yada. But his actions speak here when he brings back his offensive line. So I don't think they see that as the problem. The fact that they didn't bring another running back in, though, I think suggests that that area can be improved. So as we now think about bringing in another running back at pick 30 in the 2021 NFL draft, you've been a champion of this idea. And the guy you've been pounding the table for is Clemson's Travis Etienne. So let me ask you this. Is it just Etienne that you are in favor of? Or would you be okay with Alabama's Najee Harris or even uh, Javante Williams from North Carolina? I'm really, I'm really happy that you asked me this because uh, I think that this, this message, this inception has been a little convoluted or diluted you know, over the past month. I am hammering for a player, not necessarily a position. I, think tra- I don't think the Bills need a running back. I think they could use Travis Etienne. Najee Harris is an ex is I think going to be an excellent back in the league and you know he is kind of typecast as maybe a bruiser a bruising type of running back but he's he's a track star I mean he's from he's from the Bay Area my little brother ran against him in track in high school actually I know the kids got wheels I know he's a good receiver out of the backfield but he's 6'2 220 pounds you're going to give him the ball you know you, you are committed to that guy as your feature back you, you are committed to him between the tackles if you if you take him in the first round I think that what he does and what Zach I think what he does makes Zach Moss a little obsolete and I don't think that's what Buffalo is is aiming to do here I don't think that's what they should do I think Moss you know once he gets a full offseason under him um, I, I I think he he's going to contribute and Javante Williams is even more closer to Zach Moss than than Najee Harris is I, I think you know, he's obviously got tremendous balance. Uh, he, he's a, you know, he, he's faster than I think he's going to get credit for. Initiates a lot of contact and, and wins that battle more often than not. But you draft Javante Williams, what are you going to do with Zach Moss? And, and I, I don't think they're willing to jump ship on Moss quite yet. So it, it's ETN. It's ETN or just don't, don't take one, in my opinion. So as we laser in on ETN, what, what is it about him? I, I know that there's probably plenty of people that are familiar with the skill set. I certainly am. But for anybody listening that maybe hasn't seen Clemson college football over the last four years and how good he's been, what is it about ETN that makes you believe he is the right target for the Bills? Now, full disclosure, I did cover Travis ETN when I covered Clemson. So I, I have known this kid since or known about this kid since he was a freshman coming in. I, and one of the memories that really just resounds with me, they, they were playing Louisville in 2017. He gets, a, he gets a carry late in the fourth quarter. It's meant to go up the gut. 
he makes the wrong read and bounces it outside and goes untouched 80 yards. He made a mistake on the play and still turned it into an 80-yard score. That's the kind of top-end speed and home run hitting ability he has. And that was him from day one. He's only gotten better from there. He Initially, I, I did have my reservations you know, throughout the season. He's about 5'10". He, he was 199 in September. That's not really what you're looking for out of a first-round running back or an NFL you know, starting running back at all, he was able to add 15 pounds this offseason. So he's 5'10", 215 now, and still runs that 4'4 speed. He's the kind of guy you have to account for in the backfield. And, and I've got to credit Eric Turner for this because we, we had this conversation the other day. W- when the Bills run three wide, so you, you've, got, you, you've got Diggs, you've got Beasley, you've got Emmanuel Sanders on the field or, or even Gabe Davis on the field. As the roster currently stands, defenses aren't respecting Anybody on this team as a receiving threat out of the backfield, They're, they don't really have to account for Zach Moss or Devin Singletary because if either of them get the ball, it's probably a six-yard gain, seven, eight, maybe 10 at, at best. If Travis Etienne gets the ball in space, he is sturdy enough to make guys miss and, and break through tackles, and he is fast enough to destroy angles if you don't come correct. I think this presents a home run hitting threat, and I, I've used this phrase a lot but a home run hitting threat to this offense that quite frankly, hasn't had one over the past couple of years. They've had speed guys. You know, John Brown had a lot of speed. Stefan Diggs still ran a four, four, five, I think uh, coming out of college, he's got plenty of, of deep threat ability, but they don't have really that guy who anytime he gets the ball, you're kind of on the edge of your seat. Like, Oh man, he, he could take this to the house. And, and I think that's what Travis Etienne brings. Um, you know, and, and, I say he's, he's, he's got the weight and, and he's got that lower body strength to run through tackles, but you also don't have to use him as your, your bulldozer. He's still different enough from Zach Moss that you can use Zach Moss as that short yardage, short area back and still keep ETN on the field. You could put him in the slot. You could put him in that Isaiah McKenzie role on jet sweeps and, and turn those, you know, what are, what are decent gains when McKenzie's running the ball, you could turn those into 20, 30 yard gains with, with the guy with ETN speed and vision running it. So I think the possibilities are just endless and it's going to make the bills a, a offensive nightmare for opposing coordinators on, on any given week. I'll say that I, I do agree with you. If the bills were to take a running back at 30, I would only want it to be Travis ETN. And I like Williams and I like Harris, but I think from the skill set perspective of the layer he would bring to the offense that doesn't exist and how he would compliment of Zach Moss. I mean, to me, that is the the right running back for the Bills. And and so now we get to transition to the two hard questions that I have for you. And this is really this is where I get hung up on it, Marcel. And so I'm anxious to hear how you 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 answer these. We'll start with this one. I have my reservations about ETN at 30. And it's it's not because I don't like him as a player. I I do. And I recognize what his skill set could mean for the offense. Now, with that said, I struggle with the value. And to me, as a draft guy, I'm always about the draft as an as opportunity to get value, especially when you consider just how frequently the NFL is able to find these premier running backs in the second round and beyond. I'll give you some names. Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. These guys are all second-round picks and beyond. And the examples of finding an impact running back beyond the first round are endless. And of course, when you make that pick on a running back in the first round, it means that you didn't pick a player 
at a different position that can help your team. So there's some opportunity costs to be mindful of in this, this whole discussion. And so as I present that to you, how does that factor into your thought process of, hey, the Bills really should go after ETN at 30? Yeah, and again, glad you brought this up because I, I, I can now clear, clear some things up because there's been a, I've seen a lot of talk, you know, questioning my football acumen, questioning whether I am, you know, knowledgeable enough to do this job. I am not so willfully obtuse that I don't understand the value of, or I guess declining value of taking a running back in the first round. And matter of fact, if the bills are, if they want value in the first round, I think the pick is cornerback based on their team need, based on the players available. I think cornerback is the value is the safe pick, but this is not going for safe. This is going for the home run and every, you know, Chubb, Henry, Taylor, great backs. They didn't go to teams that are ready to compete today. And, and that's where I think context gets lost is when your team, if you're picking at number 30, first of all, the difference in salary between let's say Edwards, Elaire at 32 and Deandre Swift at 34 is maybe a million and a half, $2 million, but the chiefs get Edwards, Elaire's fifth year option. So you, you get an extra year of team control as he's kind of wearing down his tires, but we, we can touch on, we can touch on that later. If you're picking at 30, you did something right. Your roster is essentially set right now because you made your conference championship game or beyond. There aren't a lot of holes on your roster at that point. You can afford to get somebody who is going to extend your championship window right now or help you attack your championship window right now. And right now, the Bills have, you know, Josh Allen, if last year was his bottom line, he's probably going to be an MVP candidate for the next, we'll call it seven years or so, seven, eight years at the very least. I'm going to be conservative. Attack this championship window now. Make sure that you're, these don't, you know, these, these can dissolve like that. These can dissolve right away. The Jags were in the AFC championship game how many years ago? Four or five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Three, four years ago. And they're picking first now. Windows evaporate like that. Get as good as you can right now. Get your elite caliber players right now. Worry about the less, the rest later. And I know this is kind of a foreign concept. No offense to, to, to Bills fans. This is kind of a foreign concept because for the past 20 years, your team has had to draft for need. You've been picking in the, in the top 10, the, the top 15, where running backs don't make sense. Because if, if you're picking... If you're picking top 15, top 25 in the draft, you've got bigger needs. you got bigger needs than building around a guy who realistically has, you know, probably five years of, of solid production before, you know, his body, you know, habitually starts to break down or historically starts to break down. But if you're ready to compete right now, let's just say Travis Etienne has five years before, you know, he's, he's not productive anymore. The Bills are ready to compete right now. Their championship window has five years. It's open right now. So you're getting prime ETN while you're competing. If you win one Super Bowl and ETN contributes, I think this pick is worth it. If you make a Super Bowl, if you win an AFC title while Travis ETN is productive, I think it is worth the pick. So I, I think that a lot of people get hung up on, on the value without adding the context. And also for every, I said this on Twitter the other day, for every Alvin Kamara 
there's a Donnell Pumphrey. You know what I mean? There's a Samaji P. Ride. There's a Jordan Wilkins. Do you want Jordan Wilkins and Samaji P. Ride to be your, your lead back? You, you don't. They're good backs. They're decent backs. They can get the job done. They're not lead backs, though. You can get a decent value. You can get a good player in the middle rounds at any position. If you want a star, you got to pay a star price. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on every single bar. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness, and they are having a tournament with all the flavors of Built Bars in it to find out which one is the best, and it's up to you to vote. So if you want to get involved in this tournament, go to BuiltBar.com or find Built Bar on Twitter and vote for your choice in today's matchup. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order over at BuiltBar.com. It's interesting is Brandon Bean has has subscribed to the idea of finding that day two running back. And that's why we're having the conversation today, because he picked Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, who we've identified. They're fine players, but they're not difference makers. And, you know, I think there is a lot of merit to the the point about, you know, what type of impact can you get right away from this player that you would pick at 30? You know, if it's an edge rusher, I mean, the bottom 25% of the first round is not kind to defensive ends. You think about a, a cornerback, well, yeah, I mean, Trey White was picked 27 a few years ago, but, you know, it's not often that you find that type of an impact player at a, a premium position like corner or defensive end that late in the first round. And so if you take a running back, which they should enter the NFL in their prime, I do think that you have a great point that, all right, this is a situation where you're going to get maximum output for that pick right away and right when you need it. So I think there's a lot of merit to, to those points, and, and, and it certainly helps me buy in. Now, here, here's the next question. This is the, the you know, tough question number two about this. When you look at history here, from, from 2009 to 2016, the NFL selected 13 running backs in the first round of the draft, and only Zeke Elliott is still with his original team. Nine of those 13 are out of the league. The others that are still in the league, along with Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and Mark Ingram. Do you worry at all about this idea and how it affects the long-term potential of investing a first-round pick on ETN, where history has just not been kind to the longevity of first-round running backs, especially considering ETN has nearly 800 touches from scrimmage in college, 788 touches from scrimmage in college entering the NFL? I think even ETN's 788 touches in college are, I, I think they're low. I think it's, it's low. He could have been used. There are guys with four digits worth of touches coming out of, coming out of school. But he was blessed in the fact that Clemson was usually winning by a lot in the fourth quarter, and, and he sat. And he does a lot with 13, 14 carries in a game. But uh, you know, when we look, at, we look at guys like Mark Ingram, the Saints parted ways with Mark Ingram because, of course, they found Alvin Kamara, but Ingram went and had a thousand yard season with the Ravens the following year. Melvin Gordon, contract dispute with the Chargers. Of course, they did find Austin Eckler, but he went out and had a productive year with the Broncos last season. I think seven, eight hundred yards rushing last year, split in time with Philip Lindsay. So it's not like they're leaving their original teams 
and turning into turning into dust. Like they're still they're still getting production. They're still getting production out of these out of these players. But it all goes back to what we just discussed in the last point that you're looking for maximum value right away. And you can get your maximum value out of Travis Etienne right away while you're willing to compete. You don't have to wait like the Chargers may have. You, you don't have to wait to, you know, you don't have to wait to get into your championship window for three, four-ish years when your running back's already got so much tread taken off of his tires. I, I think that now is now is the time. And, and I also want to kind of counter the, the point I made last question about value and, and taking a cornerback. There should be some good corners available at 30, but I, I got off the phone with, with Mel Kuyper yesterday, and people can think of Mel Kuyper however they please, but he's been doing this for a very long time, and he puts the work in. Mel Kuyper's gave me he, – he's got 40 cornerbacks going in – you know, not going, but 40 cornerbacks who are talented enough to go in the first five or so rounds. Like, you, you're getting either – you can get either of the Syracuse guys – uh, Melifondo or, or Trill Williams, who best name in the draft, you can get either of them in the second and third round. They can come in and, and contribute right away. So even still, like you don't have to go cornerback here. And I like what you said about defensive end. You don't really have a guy who's who's going to be an impact player in year one that you can get at thirty. You can maybe trade down, I, I suppose. But that's thinking more for the future than thinking for the right now. And I think maybe in 2018, 2019, Bills, we're not having this conversation because they are trying to open their championship window. They're trying to get to that next level. That window is open now. You want players who are going to contribute right now. The time for building for the future is, is and I, I might catch some feedback for this, but the, the time for building for the future is dead. Build for right now. Get players that are helping you right now because you need to win right now. You're paying your own players. We saw how tight their salary cap was this year. Granted, it's because uh, of the drastic decline in the cap, but it's only going to get, it's only going to be tight from here. The more you, you hit on the draft, the more you have to pay your players. You're going to have to pay Tremaine Edmonds. You're going to have to pay out the wazoo for Josh Allen. Like you, you're not going to be able to just sign impact free agents anymore. You need guys through the draft who can come and make an impact right away. And that's where I see Travis Etienne fitting in, not necessarily running back in general. That's where I see Travis Etienne fitting in. So you've made a strong case for the bills going with Etienne in the first round. And so now I'm going to ask you to put on a different hat from a predictive standpoint. And when you consider the messaging from Brandon Bean, both in his year-end press conference, where he talked about how it wouldn't be fair to blame Zach Moss and Devin Singletary uh, for the the lack of efficiency running the football, and then you know just last week, him and and Sean McDermott both said things along the lines of, "We have the people we need in place right now to run the football better." So, from a predictive standpoint, do you listen to that and say, "Yep, this is a smokescreen. We think that uh, they're they're setting the stage here to pick ETN and maybe trying to to throw some teams off, or do you really believe what they're saying and um, think that they're just gonna kind of stay the course with what they have and try to help the team in other areas with that first round pick? Yeah, I respect the hell out of Brandon Bean. I think he is a he is a very he's a straight shooter, unless the longevity of his team or the livelihood of his team is at stake. He's not going to be straight up with us about his plans because other other teams are paying attention. 
He's not going to tell us. He's going to say, yeah, we really want a running back. Because now all of a sudden when pick 30 comes around, or pick, let's say 27 comes around and ETN's still on the board, maybe a team in the, in the early second round who wants an impact running back says, all right, we have to leapfrog the Bills. And, and I, I don't think he wants that. I, he's not one to show his cards in, in that sense. And, and what else is he going to do? He's not the kind of person, neither is Sean McDermott, to throw their players under the bus and, and publicly scold players. They thrive. That, that entire organization, that in one Bills drive, thrives on keeping things in-house. So I, I wouldn't expect him to say, we need more out of Zach Moss. We need more out of, out of Devin Singletary. But... Uh, you know, again, he, he also said that they're content at cornerback. He said that they have the pieces to run the ball better or to, to rush the passer better. Like he, he basically said they're content at every position. They're content at tight end. So, like, if we were to believe every – if we were to take them literally, I mean, what positions do they want in the draft? That, no, I, I think it's somewhat of a smokescreen. Um, yeah, like I said, actions speak louder here. Um, they, they kept the same offensive line here. And I, I think that tells me that they didn't see the offensive line as, as the biggest issue. Um, based on how Brandon Bean likes to draft, if there are multiple players that he likes on the board, I wouldn't be stunned with a, uh, I wouldn't be stunned with a trade down. Um, I do think Etienne's stock is rising. I don't think they trade up for him. Uh, that, would be, that would be a little tougher of a sell than grabbing him at 30. So uh, if Etienne doesn't drop, I, I don't think he ends up in Buffalo, but, um, you know, I do think that there's a world. I do think there's a world where Brandon Bean realizes he sees what the chiefs have done. He sees what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did last year. He sees the value in accumulating firepower on offense. And I think there is a world where he sees Travis Etienne, or maybe even he sees Kadarius Tony uh, available at 30 and says, yes, that's my guy. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, you can't always take Brandon Bean literally because he, he does have his team's best interest at, at, in mind at the end of the day. He did tell us – he told us no splash moves, and then, you know, they, <laughs> they kicked the tires on Gronk. They, they, they tried to get J.J. Watt. Like, those are, those are splash moves. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> you know, they, the, the landscape changes quickly. Well, Marcel, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to, to talk through this with me and uh, – I asked you for 10 minutes. You gave me a whole lot more than that. So I appreciate you being gracious in the, uh, the insight that you provided here on the podcast today. Of course, hopefully, uh, like I said, hopefully that clears the air, um, with, with my, my stance. Hopefully this is, you know, this, this provides people with my perspective on taking a running back. Again, it's not just taking a running back. It is taking Travis Etienne. So like, I don't want to hear people tell me about, you don't take a running back in the first round because there's always context involved. I don't want to hear about mid-round running backs. I don't want to hear about Chuba Hubbard or Trey Sermon or Michael Carter. You know, they're good players, but why would the Bills take another mid-round running back after just taking two in the, each of the previous two years? Like, you get a good player, and Moss and Singletary are good players, but, like, ultimately, you kind of see why they were around in the third round, why they were getting third-round hype and not first-round hype. Because they're good players, but I don't know if they have an elite trait. Travis Etienne has elite traits. Go get them. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I certainly did, and and I learned a lot from Marcel, and he really has some good points. And I kind of went into this thing a little bit questioning whether or not 
My mind could be changed, and I don't know that it has been, but I'm warming up to the idea there's a very compelling argument to be made in favor of the Bills targeting Travis Etienne with that first-round pick. And we've got a little bit more time to discuss this idea. The draft is about a month away. We're going to talk about that a good bit here in the coming weeks on the podcast. I'm very excited for some of the concepts I have lined up for next week. I have a really fun guest idea that's coming your way probably early in the week. So don't miss anything. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great weekend, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.